Welcome to the Dossier Podcast with Jordan Schachtel. And today I wanted to talk about Afghanistan. Should we ever have gone to Afghanistan in the first place? So yesterday on a flight, I was um, you know, scrolling through the news on JetBlue. They have good internet, but the flight attendants are still horrendous and power tripping maniacs because of the COVID stuff. Um, but something crossed my eye. I was, I was watching um, a news appearance by Afghan President Ashraf Ghani, and he basically said like, that the U.S. was the impediment to progress in his country. And he's saying this amid a Taliban uprising throughout the country there's very little power left under his command in the central government in Kabul. So he's looking, I think, for allies potentially um, through even U.S. adversaries. And the amount of like disrespect this guy has for the American regime really proved to me like it, I'm not like angry as an American that he's just kind of like blew off the you know, trillions of dollars in taxpayer funds that were sent over to prop up this corrupt, ridiculous regime that, by the way, the Afghan people never um, accepted for a variety of reasons. Um, It's basically, you know, Afghanistan, most Afghans do not view Afghanistan as like in the way that Westerners perceive it as like one big sovereign entity Afghanistan is very tribal so people in Afghanistan I don't want to go on to like a huge tangent on this but they identify more by their tribe than by you know associating with their countrymen so the idea in the first place that we were going to have this like unified government under one central authority in Kabul was always pretty ridiculous but you know this um this TV appearance really got me to realize, I think that the correct position on Afghanistan is that we never should have gone to Afghanistan um, at all. And like looking back on things, it's very interesting to kind of like recap the past 20 years. And, you know, I was like 10 years old when we went into Afghanistan. So, uh, you know, it's interesting to go back into the archives because I, I, was, I was so young, you know, I was living um, right near New York City, heavily impacted by, you know, what happened on 9-11. And it was such a tragic day. And the American people were just ready to kind of like, you, you can't blame them to you know, strike back somewhere. I think what we never really got around to grasping was that you know, these hijackers were committed to an ideology, but they weren't really, and Al-Qaeda had some decent base of operations in Afghanistan, but even Al-Qaeda as it was in Afghanistan did not pose a threat to the United States. Um, these people, they, they came in uh, on visas that we, we gave them. So this like, the whole narrative that's been trotted out for the last 20 years uh, 
I think it's just total BS. There, there's never been a threat to Americans from Afghanistan, even before we started bombing and destroying Al-Qaeda's infrastructure in the mountains of Afghanistan. They had no cruise missiles to hit us with. They sent human beings using our own system against us into the United States. And those people committed, you know, hijacked the planes, committed the terrorist attack. But I think that like we just didn't really want to see, especially the Bush administration, didn't want to see this as like an ideological issue. Instead, they said, okay, those are the bad guys. Let's get them. And yeah, like I'm all for if those people did that to our country. Like, let's like bomb the shit out of them. But of course, this turned into an incredible occupation of epic proportions. Um, and it resulted in trillions of dollars in taxpayer money blown away. Over 2,000 American soldiers have died. And it, you know, what have we, what did we get out of it? Absolutely nothing. Even worse off, we have the guys that are, you know, that have been accused of being responsible for the 9-11 attacks. They're still hanging out in Guantanamo. So we haven't even gotten really justice for the families of the uh, September 11th victims. It's interesting to go back and like look at the congressional records about the Afghan war. Um, I'm not saying that there's anything we could do to have stopped the U.S. from entering Afghanistan. If, if you look at the authorization for use of military force, there was only one congresswoman. Her name is Barbara Lee. She's basically a socialist, but her instincts were right on this, and she voted against the AUMF. And, you know, that has to be admired. Certainly don't want her in charge because she's on the far left. Um, but it, it's just kind of interesting to see how that all ended up. Um, even the most libertarian, you know, anti-war folks were also voting for this war. I think instead of doing a step-by-step critique of all the issues that unfolded with the war in Afghanistan, you have to go back to the first principles of the matter and realize that there was never a U.S. interest in Afghanistan. And the U.S. interest in Afghanistan was justified by our several governments, by it, you know, there being a threat. If we don't completely change a the system, there's always going to be a threat to America. But there was never a threat to America in the first place. So all this democracy project stuff, the bridges, the, the roads, the, the women's schools, the, uh, you know, the, the attempted and failed, completely failed westernization of Afghanistan, it was all based on this extremely radical, um, you know, like Wilsonian and neoconservative hybrid idea that we can just reshape the world as we see fit and totally discounting any type of cultural um, norms or, you know, established things that the, these, you know, these cultures want. And we just wanted to kind of reshape it in our image. And I think that we just, the, the United States government got so carried away and, and, and Congress and on this ridiculous mission. And when I remember growing up, there really weren't any dissenting voices at all in the corporate press. 
you had guys like Ron Paul who were um, on the forefront of dissenting against this, but he was basically labeled as a crazy person. And, you know, sadly, as a, uh, you know, young teenage kid, you're just kind of like, write him off. You're like, what's this guy, you know, spouting off about this crazy stuff about, you know, the, the these, these failed ideologies and that, you know, none of this um, has any you know, thing to do with the defending the American interest. But he, he was exactly right. He was he was 100 percent on point. People talk about Afghanistan, especially people that are looking back on the war and thinking like, what the heck happened? We weren't able to defeat the Taliban. You know, all they had was RPGs and AK-47s. And then people say, yeah, Afghanistan is definitely, indeed, the graveyard of empires. For some reason, nobody can, you know, take this force down. And the problem was that we were there in the first place. The problem isn't that we couldn't accomplish the mission. And I don't think that no perfect strategy would have proceeded with accomplishing the mission unless you're you know trying to commit like some kind of genocide on an entire population and then you know send millions of americans and westerners un against their will into into afghanistan to live there when you describe it as the graveyard of empires you're missing the fact that we never should have been there and there was no american interest there so whether or not we could have won this war is kind of just like you know, you're, you're playing a, uh, you know, a, com- a computer game because there was never any American interest at stake. Let's say we, we win, you know, this so-called, uh, you know, the, the, the war in Afghanistan. We, we can label it a win. The Taliban lost. And, um, you know, there's no more Taliban. And this, uh, you know, the corrupt <laughs> government that we're, that we're holding up as this, like, model institution in Kabul is in charge. And there's no Taliban. Um, so what's exactly has changed there? We just have a corrupt U.S.-backed institution that would have to, I guess, rely on $50 billion of U.S. taxpayer funds every single year for perpetuity. And it would just basically be like a little U.S. client state that doesn't produce anything. So what's, what exactly is, is, the, is the point of that either? And, and yet like, there might have been fewer humanitarian catastrophes and all that. But it is not the United States military's job to democracy projects. The U.S. military's job is to protect U.S. citizens from foreign attacks. And there was no, um, you know, there was no threat from Afghanistan in the first place. So the second that we were sent there to, uh, you know, go through this big time democracy project mission, it was always going to be a loss. There was no accomplishable objective for U.S. interests. There was no foreign invader that we had to stop and show proof of having stopped them. This was a lose-lose from the beginning.